0: She took me five years to pay off this hundred thousand dollars and each year was different because we have different experiences in life and I think what kept me the most motivated and definitely focused in on this goal was the fact that one I am the oldest like I said first generation and I, I wanted to lead by example.
1: My name is Alison Baggerly creator of Inspire Budget and I'm on a mission to help women live their best life and reach their money goals. Join me here for inspiring conversations to help you learn more about budgeting, saving money, paying off debt and investing for your future. You'll be hearing not only from me, but others along the way that have a story and voice to share. Let's dive in. Today, we have Melissa Jean Baptiste joining us. Melissa is the co-founder and content creator of the Millennial in Debt brand. She has paid off over $100,000 in student loan debt on a teacher salary and is currently teaching millennials how to get out of debt, build generational wealth, and earn financial freedom. I cannot wait for you to learn more from Melissa. Welcome, Melissa, to the Inspire Budget podcast. I am I, I knew I wanted to have you on because you and I, I feel like we're similar in certain ways and you have an incredible story and I need people
0: to hear it. Thank you so much for having us as I'm very excited. I'm such like a huge fan of your brand and your Instagram. Oh. So thank you. Yes. So I am a first generation Haitian American. My parents were born in Haiti and they came when they were a little younger. So my brothers and myself are the first to pretty much experience a really immersed like, life in America, going to school, applying for the FAFSA and doing all those fun pre-adult activities. Oh, and since I was the it's oldest. The worst. <laughs> I know. I teach my students now, and I'm just like, oh god. So I was pretty much the first person to do all of these things, and didn't really have a lot of. I had a lot of support and care, but I didn't really, you know, they'd never did it before, so I didn't know a lot about like cuties and sunis. I went to a private high school where they were just pushing, like, yeah, go to the private institutions, Mm -hmm. you know, get a scholarship, do this, take a loan. I'm just like, okay, sounds cool, whatever. So I went to a private university, and I became an English major, which is not necessarily the most lucrative. Um, and, and then one of my guidance counselors is just like, oh, join the teacher program. And so I'm like, okay, great. If so I become a teacher, I get a master's degree and I move back home and I'm living at home. And I'm like, you know what? I should move out of my parents' house. So when I was 25, I went to a broker, super excited. I'm like, yeah, I want to take a mortgage. And he's like, okay. And so he runs the numbers and he's like, oh, you could get approved for like $100,000. And I live in New York and that's not getting me. Uh, No. Yeah. (laughs) That's nothing. I could get you a Barbie house if you're lucky. And so I asked, you know, I, I pay all my bills on time. I have pretty decent credit at the time for a 25 year old just flailing in the wind. And he's just like, oh, well, your debt to income ratio is really high. And I had never even heard of that term before. Yep. And so I'm just like, well, what does that mean? And he explained it to me that I was a liability to the banks, that they didn't mm-hmm. want to loan me any more money because I had so many other loans already set and my income wasn't really high enough to manage all these different types of debts. And so I'm just like, well, that's frustrating. And so I'm talking right. to the real estate agent. And he's just, man, I gotta go. And he's just call your loan providers and, and speak to them. And so I right. called my loan provider for the first time, I graduated at 22. And I never even contacted, I didn't, I didn't know anything. And so at 25, I contacted them. And that's when I also find out that my balance is actually bigger than what I borrowed. Oh my god! And I'm like, what is happening? I borrowed about 50000 And at that point in 2013, it was almost 80000 And I'm oh like, I gosh. didn't. Like-
1: <laughs> Did <Does> someone break <laughs> into my student loans and request more? Like <laughs>
0: taken aback, I'm like, I don't. I'm like, I really don't understand. There must be some sort of mistake. I've been paying you mm-hmm. since 2010. What's been going on? And she's just like, Oh, well, you're on the interest-only payment plan. And I'm like, What? Oh my gosh. What is, what is that? Like, what does that yeah. mean? And she's just like, Yeah, well, you're paying, you know, $200 a month, and that's you know the minimum you can pay, but that's only going towards the interest right. on your debt. And I'm like, But what? What's going towards the actual amount that I paid? And she showed me it's like, Oh, it's like two percent of your payment. Yeah. is going towards the principal, but every month more interest is being added. And so you're not really paying the principal. Why would you let me sign up for this? Like, well, and so I'm so upset because I didn't know at the time that I had seven, diff- seven different options for student <gasps> loan repayment. Oh I didn't know gosh. any of those things. And I, I was just really frustrated with myself for not taking the time to ask mm-hmm. questions or not looking further into what was happening. And that was really the pivot, the aha moment that made me start to want to learn to navigate and figure out money and how to use it as a tool i didn't even have a savings account at the time Mm -hmm. i was just you know swipe checking account i had no emergency savings i knew nothing about investing i luckily my work mom at the time from the first school i was working in she forced me to open up a 403b when i was 22. kind of just like she just like talked me into it i'm like okay whatever i had no idea what i was Mm -hmm. doing and i was just kind of like lost and just whatever But that was the moment that really made me say, okay, you need to, if you really do want to move out of your parents' house, you need to learn how to navigate money, how to make more money so that you can pay this principal and start living some sort of adult life. So yeah, at 25, I decided to be a serious adult and started making really big payments on my principal And I was able to pay off all of my student loans in 2018 and buy my first home. That's that's, awesome. (laughs) That was like my trajectory.
1: I think that it's very interesting when you said, I know it was my fault for not knowing my options. You had seven options, but sometimes we don't know what we don't know. I don't want to use it as an excuse. I don't want to say like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's an excuse, but it also feels kind of predatory because young adults go into into college, still a teenager. I guess most people are adults and you're in you're leaving As young adults, and I don't feel like there's actually some sort of system to make sure that they are aware of what they are stepping into, what young adults are stepping into when it comes to repaying student loans, taking out debt in general. What is debt to income ratio? What what are my options? I feel like there's not anything there. I, I almost wonder if there should be like some sort of exit plan for people but not even just people in college think about people who go to trade school think about right. anyone who doesn't go to college I don't know I don't know what the answer is I don't
0: have the answer but I feel like there's something missing
1: <laughs> and I feel no, like
0: I 100% agree. Yes, I 100% agree there's definitely a gap I would say I agree with the exit I think there should be an exit to leave high school and an exit to leave college mm-hmm. where it kind of helps prepare you for what the next step is because we have yes. so many different backgrounds we have so many different diverse experiences and so I I do blame myself for not knowing, but you're absolutely right. Where would I have gone to know or to learn Mm -hmm. about these things? And so, like I said, I went to a private high school where it was very much about appearance and, you know, you do well, you get the 5.0 GPA, you take all the AP classes, but we're not really preparing you to talk about what a promissory note. I didn't know what a promissory note Mm -hmm. was. I didn't know what principal interest that's, I didn't know Mm -hmm. any of those things until I had to, until I had no other choice. And Uh, sometimes-
1: people find themselves where they don't know those things until it's gotten too far until right. they're in, they're in so deep. I mean, I know that's how my husband and I were, we had combined $111,000 and I felt like we were in so deep
0: and yeah. I'm thinking
1: how, how, how did we end up here? We are two teachers. We could create an exit plan for this country. Surely I know. we could. But however, when I think about that, I also wonder, would 21-year-old Allison have taken that into any consideration? I would have been like, whatever. Government sending me I some exit plan too. documents. Well, uh, okay. this is, I'll just throw this in the trash can. So That's, me. That's me. That's <laughs> me so just being fully transparent and honest, I yeah. don't think I was ready until I was ready. That's part of the part of the problem is me. Right. Part of the it's, it's on us, too. So, yeah. OK. So what kept you motivated? Because you're sitting here living, living with your parents. Right. Making a teacher salary, which not not making a fortune. By any means. you're not making a fortune and you're Correct. looking at this one hundred thousand dollars worth of debt on it, on one income, what kept you motivated? Because that is a, that is a journey. That is not just like this. Let me scrimp and save for six months and, right. and then I'll be done. You know, I, I see right. people that pay off debt. They're like, Oh, you know, I paid off $12,000 worth of debt in six months. And I'm like, that's great. That's awesome. Celebrate yeah. that. But the motivation for doing that versus paying off a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, Yeah. salary very two different things. So how did you stay? motivated?
0: You make such a really good point, because I'm such a really good goal setter. But to set it essentially took me five years to pay off Mm -hmm. this $100,000. And each year was different, because we have different experiences in life. And I think what kept me the most motivated and definitely focused in on this goal was the fact that one, I am the oldest, like I said, first generation, Mm -hmm. and I I wanted to lead by example, you know, I was like, Okay, I made these mistakes. I don't want my siblings to do the same thing and I also was really motivated because I wanted my own space my parents are great and like right. I said always super supportive but it felt like it was time for me to you know step out on my own I felt like it was time for me to kind of fall into adulting a lot more which now that I think about it, I'm like I should stay at home but you know <laughs> I really I was really like I need to get my own space because I had never so before I bought my home in 2018 I had never lived anywhere else besides you know my dorm room in college and then right. with my parents So I'm just like I need my own space. I need, I need my own space. And I didn't want to rent. I wanted to purchase a place. And so that's what really, every time I was like, Oh, I want to, you know, do this. I want to do that. I'm just like, stay the course, Melissa, stay the course. You want to move. And so that I think was my biggest motivator. Right. And so you
1: did, you ended up buying your own place, right? Where is it? Is it in New York?
0: It is in New York. Um, I stayed in expensive, expensive New York. Um, (laughs) But yes, I made my final loan payment in December of 2018. And then I closed on my first home in January 2019. So it was a crazy uh, season. That's
1: (laughs) awesome though. Today's episode is brought to you by my free budgeting basics email course. If you're new to budgeting or if you need a refresher, then this free email course is for you. I'll walk you through exactly how to write a budget, get started with paying off debt and saving money. You'll also get access to my free resource library where I have a collection of free printables to help you get your finances organized once and for all. Go to inspirebudget.com slash free dash course to sign up or simply click the link in the show notes. It's 100% free and might just be the thing you need to write a budget you can stick to. Many millennials are in debt. And that's really what you, your target audience are millennials and they're in debt because usually it's student loan debt or car debt and things are, things are just different than when our parents as millennials graduated from college and everything was significantly cheaper. (laughs) My question for you is we've talked about how debt can affect your ability to own a home. But mm-hmm. how do you feel like having debt can affect your ability to actually build wealth?
0: I talk about this very often, because I call my followers future millionaires. Um, oh, I, I love think- it! <laughs> yes, we're doing the work to really, you know, be these future millionaires and create these stable platforms for our future generations to come in our families. And so I think a lot of times debt really well first it creates this idea of shame and that we should be embarrassed and that we should really just only focus in on debt and so that keeps a lot of people from investing and so Mm -hmm. my parents especially my dad was always really big on save your money save your money save your money save your money so it's always like open a savings account do this do that and that is very great advice but it's it's one level right and so growing up, I never really looked at investing as a way to grow and build wealth. And now that I know a lot better, whenever I work with any of my clients who are in debt, they often ask, well, how can I build wealth? How can I get financial freedom? I can't invest because I'm in debt, right? And that's Mm -hmm. one thing that is often pushed a lot in the finance space that if you have debt, then don't invest, don't do this, don't do that. And you're really preventing yourself from taking these steps to start building this wealth that you want to see in 15, 20, 30, 40 years, you know, pass down to your children, passed down to your other relatives. So I think debt has taken on this roadblock to building right. wealth and it does not have to be. And of course, you know, buying homes, which a lot of people feel is, is one of the key steps to building wealth. It is extremely difficult, like I said, to get a mortgage or to get a really fair interest rate when you're carrying all this other debt, because they're right. looking at you as such a liability. They're really just they're not going to give you the uh, the opportunity to put your best yeah. foot forward. So they're
1: like, we don't trust you that you're going to be right. able to pay your loan because you have all these debt payments. So, right. exactly, it's very unfortunate. I think one of the key reasons why people were pushing don't invest until you pay off debt, right? And that was the that was what I was told. That's exactly mm-hmm. what my husband and I did. Now we did have our teacher pensions. Do you have a pension as yeah. a teacher? Yes. Yes. So I do. that that was building up, but we weren't mm-hmm. actively investing until after we paid off our debt. And if I could go back, I would have changed it a little bit. I would have invested Mm -hmm. sooner because of compound interest because of the time. And I think that that's what a lot of people don't realize is the timing of it. The longer your money is invested, the more it will grow. And so I think even if I had just invested $200 a month during those four and a half years that we were paying off debt, yeah, it might've pushed back our debt-free date, by maybe six months or so who knows I don't know Mm -hmm. but it might have also been worth it because our our investments would have grown so much more
0: right we would have had
1: a better starting place when we were ready to really invest a thousand dollars a month two thousand dollars a month
0: exactly so exactly it's it's such an important conversation because I tell my my, you know my followers my clients all the time you need to look at the interest rate Mm -hmm. of your debt and mm-hmm. when we look at the historical you know performance of the market of course we, there are no guarantees in the market of i always course. say that but when we look at the historical performance it's just like it is likely that your investments will outpace the interest that's going to be on your yeah. loan so it's just like you know 100 dollars a month 200 dollars a month whatever you can invest mm-hmm. it's worth giving it a shot and so even you know i just bought a car recently which is very disappointed in myself, but I needed the car. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, Oh, my God, I don't really want to add a car note to my mortgage. And mm-hmm. like, that's really like annoying. And so when I got my tax return, instead of paying down on the car loan, I chose to max out my Roth IRA. And I spoke about it openly. I'm like, Well, you know, I'm going to pay off this loan at the end of the year anyway. And I think it's like a 3% interest rate on right. my, my car. And I'm just like, the market's doing really well, performing at about 10% returns annually. (laughs) So I'm just like, I'm going to, you know, bank on the compound interest and the time that I my investments are going to grow. And I'm like, I'll just pay off the, the car in December. So yes. That's the thinking with, you know, debt and investor. And
1: it's, it comes down to math, math that we didn't learn in high yeah. school or in college, right? It comes yeah. down to math and it comes down to picking and choosing. You might've chosen that now, but maybe if you come into more money here in right. a couple of months, maybe you would choose something differently. And that's right. the joy of it, right? Is that you can pick and choose what you're going to do. You don't owe yeah. anyone an explanation, Personal finance is personal and yeah. you, you don't have to always do it one way and never change your mind. And I think that when we are first learning about personal finance, we're first learning about taking back control of our money. Sometimes we fall into that trap because yeah. we, too many options can be overwhelming. And when those I options just- are overwhelming, we freeze. But now that you know more and you're more aware of your money and you've invested in yourself and learning, you're like, hey, I have options. I can change my mind if I want. And this is going to work for me because I'm aware. So I love it. I love that you made that choice. I think I would have made the same exact choice. Now, 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't have, but that's
0: the joy of learning, right? (laughs) that's what I told my dad I was just like I would have been so honed in on paying mm-hmm. off the car pay off the car you yeah. know but it's, it's different and then also it's like like you mentioned as you reach a different age milestone, you start to navigate money a little differently exactly your investment strategies change so it's all about what's going to work best for you in this current oh, moment yeah. and you know you can always change your mind absolutely you-
1: Oh, yeah, because at 24, I was like, retirement, that's so far away. And now at 34, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to step on it. Let's go.
0: Uh, no, we're not. No, we're going to be messing right you are, now. You are me. <laughs> you are me. I I literally was looking at my retirement allocations yesterday.
1: Yes, I love it. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: Okay. So let's talk
1: about student loans because that's what you were burdened with. That's what I was burdened with. I feel like many people in this country are burdened with student loans. How do you think that student loans, and I feel like this is an obvious answer, but I feel like we can unpack it a little bit. How do you think they negatively impact women, but especially women of color, because this is something I know you're passionate about. I know I'm passionate about. I feel like there's definitely a disadvantage and something, something needs to change with this.
0: I a hundred percent agree. And I talk about this often when people say, well, why is student loan forgiveness such a big deal? And I'm like, well, student loan forgiveness is going to impact women and women of color a lot differently Mm -hmm. than it's going to impact the rest of society. And that's, Because we're dealing with also the wage gap. We're dealing with a lot of things Mm -hmm. systemically when it comes to student loans being burdensome on women and women of color. And so for example, I think we're at like 1.6 trillion now. You know, the numbers are always changing. So 1.6 trillion in student loan debt in our country and women are carrying 75% of that. Oh oh my gosh. Okay, and then so we have women of color making, you know, sixty cents on every man's mm-hmm. dollar, seven like, cents on Latinas every man's dollar. And like, Latinas are even lower, right? Yeah. Exactly. And so we're going to school. We're the most educated in the country. We're taking on the most debt, and then when we come out into, you know, employment, we're getting paid less. So mm-hmm. we have more debt, and we're not even making a livable wage to pay off this debt mm-hmm. to really start taking part in the economy as we're told or we're shamed mm-hmm. to say we're not doing. And it. it's just like well you want me to buy a home you want me to have kids you want me to have a full-time mm-hmm. job you want me to do this and you won't even pay me a fair livable wage in right. order to tackle the student loans right. that I needed to take to get this job so it's like this ripple effect and I'm just like you know student loan forgiveness could help mm-hmm. a lot of this or balance a lot of this it's, you're fighting so many fights at one time it's just it's very very frustrating to see yeah and yes. some people don't even think like the wage gap exists
1: <laughs> i know it's crazy it's like um it's it's numbers numbers <laughs> don't lie how is this <laughs> i don't understand it's not like i feel like there's a wage gap no right. There's, right. there's data and numbers like <laughs> i just feel like yeah. women are paid less no yeah oh I feel like it's not real i'm like what <laughs> exactly so and and i think that it, it just goes to show that student loan forgiveness or, or some sort of support, some sort of help when it comes to student loans for women and especially women of color, it goes beyond just student loans. And I feel like people that don't really understand and people that might argue on this are thinking of it in one layer, but it Mm -hmm. is multi-layered. It goes down, just it impacts so many things and goes down to so many layers, Right. but you have to be willing to listen You have to be willing to learn and you have to be willing to be, to be wrong. Realize that, oh my gosh, my way of thinking, I can let go of my old way of thinking and accept some new ideas and open my mind to different possibilities. And I think that that's how I was. I mean, 10 years ago, I didn't know anything about the wage gap. I didn't think there was an issue. I had no idea. Right. Like I was living in this bubble. If I wasn't willing to open my mind, my eyes and my ears to accept what's really happening, then it might be like, I might be like, what? Student loan forgiveness? I don't want to pay off someone's. I had to pay my own student loan. No, (laughs) I mean, I'm like, yeah, I paid off my own student loans, but I am privileged. My my husband is white. I'm a two income household. Hello. I talk about
0: that often too. I'm just like, I lived at home and didn't have to pay rent. Right, you yes. have to acknowledge, like, it's yes, it's no easy feat, but it's like we have to acknowledge that there are so many other diverse mm-hmm. lifestyles and things happening that the bigger conversation should be well, how can we help balance out all of the inequities and make sure everyone has a fair opportunity to do this? But yes. I get into so many Twitter fights, you know, they're like, Well, you pay off your loans, why do you care about student loan forgiveness? I'm like, Because I care about people, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yes. And that's why I'm so happy that I have you on here today, because hopefully more people that are listening to this will be like, oh my gosh, I never thought of it in this way. So let's bring a voice to this issue. Let's talk about it and not say we have all the answers, but just care. I remember one person said to me, well, what are we supposed to do about something like this? And I said, start by caring What if you just cared? Like, what if that was your first step? We're not asking everyone to come to the table with a solution. But what if your first step was that you just cared about it and then figure it out from there? Because when you truly care about something, then you're motivated to seek out change.
0: Yeah. And I like, I'm just caring about it It opens up conversations like you know, we can have a conversation here today and then you can bring that conversation to your dinner table. It just, it spreads the message. And I think a lot of times we lack a lot of empathy when talking about things that we either didn't experience or we didn't have to go through. And so I think that sometimes, you know, the missing piece in all of these conversations is just like, you know, we might not know the next physical step to take, but it's still worth a conversation showing concern and care about it. So I a hundred percent agree.
1: Oh, I love it. Oh, this is such a great conversation. But I Melissa, agree. I need to know what is next for you? What do you have going on? I mean, I your don't... business, I feel like, is thriving. I love <laughs> seeing it. If you are listening to this and not following <laughs> Millennial in oh. Debt on Instagram, you make the best reels. Like, you. I remember I... watching
0: some of your reels and I'm like, she is a queen. How does she do it? <laughs> thank you so much I I love love I love that thank you I am like (laughs) obsessed with film and editing and so anytime I I see like something new a trick I'm like I could do that and I'm like but how do I make it finance and so I really mm-hmm. like creativity even with my students like when we're reading like boring books I'm like how do we jazz this up mm-hmm. because retirement's not always the sexist conversation you know talking yeah. about budgeting saving is not always like the you know the most important yeah. So I really try to look at because I consider myself a consumer on online so I'm yeah. just like okay well how can I consume information that I might not be excited about and so that's really what I try to always mm-hmm. do with reels and take the trends and like of course they're funny, but really offer some some helpful, insightful exactly. information in like fifteen to thirty seconds. Yeah, you know, snippets. But thank you so because editing is a labor of love. Oh my god, <laughs>
1: I don't know how you do it. I well, number one, I just don't have the the like skill set that you have, but uh, it's it's impressive. I'm gonna link to your Instagram in the show notes. Everyone needs to go follow you you, like right now. I
0: appreciate (laughs) it so much. But so, what do you have coming up next for you? So, coming up for millennial in debt, we have an investing webinar that you can grab in my bio, where I talk about how to invest your first hundred dollars, so you don't have to start off with a million dollars. Yes. Um, I'm also doing a lot of content for teachers around this time now. Um, talking about pensions three b's because i don't have a 401k because it's a yep it's a city thing so we're talking about that and how teachers can be investing their money inside hustles mm-hmm. for teachers because i am a teacher so i gotta yes and I love, <laughs> I love that i love that because we're a family of teachers so yes and i'm also going to be putting together content for people who want to start investing for their children talking about, um, uh, five, two and things like that. So really just trying to push out content that's really helpful for people and not too overwhelming. Yes. And so all that content
1: is going to be on Instagram. Is that where Instagram you're Instagram? Main...
0: And yes, Instagram main, and you can also find me on millennialanddebt.com. Okay. So I will link to your Instagram,
1: com and to that webinar that you were talking about investing your first Thank $100. You. Thank you. Thank
0: you. It's going to be a good time. Yes. <laughs>
1: So, Melissa, at the end of every episode, I like to ask my guests three different questions just to get to know you a little bit more. And I don't want you to think too hard about them. I'm going to just go quick, but I cannot wait to hear your answers. Okay. The first one is... What is one thing on your bucket list that you want to do?
0: I think one thing on my bucket list is I want to like hike Mount Everest. I know it's weird. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I am impressed. But I'm a huge <laughs> hiker. Um, and so that's like one of the things I'm just like, I have to do it. That, that, hopefully, eventually, in the next like two years, I'll give myself I years. love it.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So you have three hours to do whatever you want with absolutely no interruptions. What do you choose to do with your time?
0: Writing. I'm currently in the process of writing, like, or trying to write a book. And so <gasps> I get very distracted with like, mm-hmm. I need to edit. I need to do this. So if I could just have three hours with just me and the computer with nobody around, that's, I oh, would totally wow.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't know you are writing a book. trying another labor of love oh yes it sure (laughs) is I'm sure okay and the last one which is my personal favorite to ask people just finish this sentence my favorite thing I've ever spent money on is
0: a pair of Gucci sunglasses
1: (gasps) oh my gosh I love it and I love that you can spend money guilt-free on things you love and still pay off debt invest all the things right yes like people think that you have to sacrifice everything never have nice things and no you can spend on things you love and cut back on things that you don't love correct because I
0: love those sunglasses
1: oh my gosh (laughs) that's awesome well thank you Melissa for joining us on the podcast today I will link to everything below and I hope that you have a great day thank you thank you Wow, I hope that you enjoyed that interview with Melissa. I think that she is so wonderful, so incredible, and has an, a very inspiring story. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would absolutely love it if you would take a screenshot of it, share it on Instagram, tag me at Budget, so that way I can share it on my end as well. And of course, if you enjoy the show, I would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review down below. Ultimately, I hope this helps you live your best life and reach your money goals. See you next week.